0: Episode 89, The Rant. Oren Barfield, elite, collegiate, and high school basketball official, mentor to many, and still improving. We pulled up at the Rivalries Never Die tournament earlier in the summer to get Oren to discuss his journey in officiating. In it, he discusses how he stumbled upon repping when he took it serious and how he stays sharp after all these years. All that and more, my conversation with Oren, now. The Rant has been brought to you by Roar Organic. Everything your body needs, nothing it doesn't. There's a reason they say variety is the spice of life, and with their new organic line comes the following exciting flavors. Georgia Peach, Blueberry Acai, Cucumber Watermelon, Mango Clementine, Pineapple Mint, Strawberry Coconut. Ah! Roar Organic uses a proprietary electrolyte blend created with organic coconut water, organic cane sugar, and sea salt. It's non-GMO, vegan-friendly, gluten-free, No artificial colors or flavors, no preservatives, and no artificial sweeteners. Just 2 grams of sugar and only 10 calories per serving. Visit Roar.land and use the code REFEREERANT, one word, in the checkout and receive 10% off your next purchase. That's Roar.land, code REFEREERANT. The Rant has been brought to you by the revolutionary product for referees and all professionals alike. Knee tucks. What the tuck? Traditional shirt stays have been tried and true, but never accounted for those professionals that have shorts as uniforms. What do you do when you officiate soccer or lacrosse or even basketball in the summer? Don't forget about baseball umpires, too. Enter Neat Tucks, which come in style and active versions. Don't get it twisted. You can even wear them at your 9 to 5, too. Listeners of The Rant can visit NeatTucks.com and enter the coupon code referee Rant one word, and receive 20% off your initial order. That's Referee Rant, one word. Happy tucking. Welcome to another edition of The Rant. I'm your host, Ralph the Ref, with a special guest. PSAL, Catholic League, City, NYC basketball legend, basketball official, Oren Barfield. How are you, my friend? I'm doing quite well doing So, quite well, Ralph. I'm trying to think Where did I meet you? I think I met you I know where I met you So this is a funny story on my end I remember I had a game at Westchester I think it's called County Center Yes I'm thinking it's a school, right? I have no idea what it is It's like this holiday tournament And then I remember I pull up I'm like, yo, this is not a school This is like an arena And then I come to find out it's a holiday tournament I think you had the game after me when I was working this December And then we had a playoff game Cathedral versus Salesian uh, Christ the King Okay Right? Yes Nonetheless, welcome to the show Thank you again Glad to be here Cool So, I want to go all the way back What sports did you play
1: growing up? Um, did you play in high school? Did you play in college? Um, well, the first question I played all sports growing up I guess that was a different time It was like, seemed like it was a time of the year where the basketball went away, the baseball gloves came out, or the baseball gloves went away, the football came out. So I played most sports growing up, mainly the big three, I guess you would say. Where'd you grow up? I grew up in Bedford-Stuyvesant, Brooklyn. Did you end up playing in high school? Did you play in college? I played in high school, played for Jamaica High School, graduated class of 1979. Wow. Wow.
0: And what was your relationship with officials at the time when you were growing up in high school?
1: Um, um I didn't show, I don't think, any animosity. Uh, you got to understand, I was exposed to officials. Uh, Buddy Keaton from Brooklyn comes to mind growing up playing at um, Citywide, the St. John's Recreation Center. Lester Roberts, he was another basketball official at the time, so... I kind of grew up knowing the value of and knowing how you had to respect them. Um, so it's always had a healthy relationship
0: mm. toward officials. So I know you've been officiating so much longer than me, at least. I'm only four years deep into the game. How did you get your start in officiating?
1: Well, I guess I officiated my first games uh, as a college student. They were, um, had intramurals and they were running short on officials. They couldn't get anybody to officiate. So I remember this instructor, Herbie Broadwell. He was a, a famous wrestling coach, but he, he oversaw the intramural program. And I guess he saw me, he said, Hey, you wanna make some money? That's how I started. They're doing mainly girls' games, girls' games in college.
0: And when did you start getting to the point where you were like, you know what? If I get good, I can go very far with this. When did you start taking it super serious?
1: Super serious. Um, well, let's go back. I got certified in 1990. Um, I probably probably did not get serious until '94, '95. I mean, I did games. Um, I was I was doing bitty games, midget games, 1992, '93. But I would say. By 1995, I was serious, um, ready to go. What got you to that point? What informed you to make
0: that switch? And, and instead of doing, you know, just any type of game, now you want are, are choosing the higher quality games and want to uh, elevate your craft of officiating.
1: Well, I just, uh, just to correct you, um, those biddies and those midget games, I was a part of Manhattan Bronx Saboa. And I was back at a time when they pretty much monopolized all of the the good leagues. The Rucker, There was a league in the Bronx called UDC. Um, uh, So there was good balls, even though it was midgets and middies. um, um, Biddies and midgets. uh, It started back, you know, the coaching was intense. You had Riverside Church. You had the Gauchos. You had Abyssinian, you know. You had, like, major programs. And and to them, it was serious. Biddy on, so... I was serious then, but I guess when I realized that I was about there, PSAL, I guess they still do, but they had begun an alternative high school league. And it turned out one of the overseers of Bronx, Manhattan, Cibola, and he's still presently a PSAL assigner, Leroy Hendricks, he assigned those alternative league games. And it was a good vehicle (laughs) to get better, to improve. Most of the gyms were empty as opposed to big crowds, but um, it was a good ball. like A lot of action, and it just got you used to blowing the whistle, making decisions. Mm.
0: So a lot of people, uh, especially in my network, consider you a mentor to them. Uh, Just list any other mentors that you haven't already, and how do you think they've helped you shape the way you help people after you if they want help?
1: Okay, well... I would have to mention um, Bill Modest. Bill Modest is kind of an uptown official. Bronx, Manhattan, uh, Westchester. Happens to be my wife's uncle as well. Bill has been officiating over 50 years. And if you ever, he still does games. If you ever watch him do a game, he is so professional. He is so sharp with his mechanics. Uh, It's a pleasure to watch a guy like him. Um, I mentioned Leroy Hendricks. Uh, I got to go back to... He was the guy who actually got me to get certified. So after college, I'm out of college. I'm playing in some leagues, six foot and under leagues, etc. And I wound up at a family reunion up in Buffalo, New York. Uh, I drove up with my then wife. and was at my in-law's home. They were hosting this big shindig, and I didn't know anybody was going to be there or whatever, and up pulls his car with loud music blasting, and a bunch of kids come out making a noise, and there it is, it's Leroy Hendricks and his family, and we spent the most of that day either playing cards, bid whist, or talking hoops, talking basketball, and another interesting part of the story, I I went to Ithaca College, and I had some friends who were from Buffalo, New York. So when I was there for that reunion, a couple of my friends knew I was gonna be in town. So this one particular friend who was a basketball assistant coach at Damon College at the point. So he comes, he shows up. My then wife tells him, oh, he's in the back playing cards. So I'm playing cards with Leroy and a bunch of old timers. So my friend comes in, he looks at the game, then he turns around and he says, oh, I'll see you outside after the game. So he walks back out. The minute he leaves, Leroy Hendricks starts calling this guy everything but a child of God. He's cursing my friend out. <laughs> calling him whatever because he had an issue with him the previous spring. So fast forward the game. The card game ends. I go out to the curb to see my friend. And as soon as I see him, he's cursing Leroy out, calling him everything but a child of God. So... I think that was a funny, interesting story about me getting recruited to officiate. One of my good friends who was a coach, and Leroy was a, an official at the time, had a good little initial meeting. So I always think
0: back to that. Do you feel like all of those experiences with the mentors that have helped you um,
1: kind of directed the way you help people after you? Oh, no question. Um, I'm the youngest of 10. Uh, my father was a scoutmaster, so as always you look out for those you know less fortunate than you, or those coming behind you. Um, that's what it was done for me. People looked out for me, so I feel obligated mm. to share what was given to me.
0: Can you name some of your successful mentees, those that um, you have seen at a point where they knew nothing and, and you kind of nurture them to the point where now they are taking it seriously for themselves? And if so, um, have you learned anything about yourself? from helping those
1: um i don't know that i offhand know if, what i that i met someone when they were <laughs> at the bottom or when they do nothing i per se um so that's a that's a tough question uh but again i just my general feeling is that when you come into a room or into a situation you want to walk away leaving that situation in a better state than when you got there mm. so that's my basic premise um Yeah, I mean, constantly we encounter, like, a new official, newer official. So I just try to treat them like I wanted someone to treat me coming up, Mm. you know? What's the best advice would you
0: give somebody that's now breaking into the varsity level of all their respected leagues that they're getting assigned to, and now they're trying to take it to the next step, into college?
1: Well, first thing I would say, the biggest thing that makes you a good official is your PCA you got to know what's your primary coverage area once you have that down you have it wrote where you should be looking the play calling I believe comes easy so I don't know if that's surprising that I would say that but I would say that's like the biggest thing just knowing what you're responsible for looking at and you make your decisions based off of that Um, as far as moving up the ranks. Um, just know that this business is a small business so we want to be honest we want to keep it 100 as they say because the signers talk you know you don't want to and even if the signers don't talk you know so I'm talking about you get a game and then someone hits contacts you with a better game don't play the game of oh I'm sick I got to do this and then go do the other game Computers everywhere. I know of a sign as they go on and they look on the websites to see if, if someone is working a game, you know, maybe turn back a game. I mean, I wouldn't do that per se, but mm-hmm. just, you just know honesty is the best policy. Just be up front, and it's always going to work out. So I know we ran
0: into each other two weeks ago at the uh, Phil Celestio family camp, and that was one of the best camps that I ever been to because— those kids had a lot of things on the line because there was a lot of Division One, Division Two, II, Division Three college coaches there. And, you know, they were playing their best. They weren't really playing to the score. They are really playing to their talents, and they were trying to accentuate the things that they could bring to the table on the next level. Um, and a lot of my compadres, uh, we attended that same camp, and, you know, we're trying to break into the varsity level, into the AA level on the Catholic League. Um, and I know that my mindset has changed from... You know, just kind of trying to figure out and learning, um, trying to master the PCA, trying to master the three-person, knowing the differences between boys and girls. But now I'm at a point where and I know in the beginning it's def- very difficult to not only ref the game, but to also ref as if the observers are not watching, because I also think that's a big component when you far- first start taking camps. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, what is your best advice for a camper now that is, you know, three and four camps deep, um, do you think that they have to get to a point where they separate themselves from you know, not thinking that the observers are watching and still trying to put their best foot forward? What do you think are the best uh, practices for somebody that's attending a camp?
1: Um, I believe, just like, I mean, I've heard it from the Thomas I started you never know who's in the jump. You never know who's there watching the game. And I can honestly say I have two sons who played CYO. They've been playing since they're little. So although I consider myself a basketball official and I it's hard to separate watching a game that way I'm proof positive that there's always someone in the gym that you may not know and so that's why it's important to run when you're supposed to run you know treat the game like it's supposed to be treated because again there's always someone there always someone there and they're going to notice when you're doing it, doing it right and, and as opposed to you doing it wrong
0: mm. Personally speaking, uh, what else do you have in store for this summer? I know we just met up at Rivalries Never Die, which is a tournament out here for all the best rivals of high schools in Suffolk County and Nassau County, but otherwise, what is your summer looking like in terms of
1: officiating? Okay, I just have to also add um, I've been very active um, in the International Association of IBO. Um, Currently, I am a chairperson of the Membership and Development Committee and In that capacity, I am tasked with dealing with any issues we have in terms of membership. And quite honestly, percentages are not good for us once an official finishes the third year uh, for whatever reason, whether it's the fan behavior, whether it's similar items like that. But fan parent behavior is a major contributor to discouraging younger officials so that is part of my task this summer, uh, chairing this committee and trying to come up with ideas to help address that. Mm. Um, and we have started, like on the local level, my board, Board 119, Vibo in Queens, we started, we implemented a um, mentor, a mentoring program, and pretty much... Um, The interpreter, Ernie Rudloff, it was his idea. And he selected the mentors. So not everyone was able to be a mentor initially. And he identified the new, you know, um, cadets that finished up, and he paired them off. And he set a few parameters to try to force the communication and them being pulled along, you know, pushed along. And a couple of items are Communicating with each other every so often, once a month, um, sharing each other's schedules and making attempts to go and my mentee to come watch me officiate and maybe pick up some points, sitting on a pregame, um, and vice versa, my attending his game or her game and just watching. I prefer to, like, sneak in and then just sit and just critique, make notes. for the purpose of that pers- person getting better. So along with, yeah, doing games, and fortunately I'm at a point where I can pick and choose, you know, games that I might uh, may or may not want to do. Um, so, yeah, working working on the outside the lines area, as you might call it.
0: Yeah, and I'm, I'm united in that fight because that's really the genesis of my website, Referee Rant, because, you know, I've come to notice that you know, for somebody like me and you who's kind of deep in the game, you can get some information at Referee.com, yeah. but it's more like high-level information. It doesn't really cater to people that are just starting out, and they don't really understand the information because, you know, even when you take the class, you don't really learn how to referee. You kind of read the rules. Yeah. No one's really giving you the the 101 survival guide of what it's really like. What is it like when a fan is in your face? What is it like when a coach is in your face? You just kind of read the rules and what you need to do when it happens but it's another thing to experience when it happens. Do you think that from when you first got certified initially, do you feel as though the turn off, the uh, the drop off of I guess people retaining and continuing to be officials from year two and year three have been steadily decreasing over time? You think it's or do
1: you think it's getting more popular? Um, it's hard to say, because I would imagine some guys I mean, if I just think back, you know, officials who started when I started, you know, there's some guys that I don't see anymore. So I don't, you know, to say if they stopped after three years, I can't say that for sure. Mm -hmm. Um, But I will say that statistics uh, based on, I can't uh, pull up the exact articles, but there was an article I think in the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel, Don't, don't quote me, but there's an article written recently about the plight of officials and what we're facing with. Um, so I got off the point a little bit. It's okay. Uh, but I will say this too um, and I got to give credit to this another guy uptown. His name is Billy Baxter. I really didn't know Billy Baxter that long. I mean that well. But he was an old timer and back then Saboa they used to have camps. They used to have camps that kind of prepared you to go Out to other camps, but they had camps and they were there, they filmed and they gave instruction. But the one thing he said to me that always stuck with me, and it's so true, he says, you got to do the games. The only way you're going to get better is officiate the games. You got to do them. There's no fast track. You got to be in those situations where you learn, you know, for better or for worse, and be able to take
0: it with you down the road. I had two personal questions that I wanted to ask you. One was um, one time, say a couple of months ago, I met a young gentleman and he had the same name as you and he just so happened to have the same last name as you. And I came to find out that it was your son and he was excellent. He was an excellent official. And, you know, a lot of him I could see in my son who, you know, just by exposure alone and not me really persuading him to do one thing or another, Mm -hmm. just by seeing somebody being great at something makes you, it, it gravitates to my son. You know, when I ask him, I'm like, hey, you want to learn how to play basketball? He's like, no, I want a referee. And I'm like, don't you want to play first? Don't you want to have the field first? He's like, no, because because I never win or lose. I just always get the money. And I was like, look at this kid. How old is he? He's only six years old. So, you know, I, I guess from, from my vantage point, um, what's it like having a son that officiates now um, that has also played basketball when he was in high school? And do you feel as though that you kind of gently persuaded him or he kind of came to his own conclusion on his own just by watching?
1: Oh, he definitely came on his own. Um, I'll just say, when he was born, I was heavy into fishing. He was born in 2000, and I was heavy into officiating. Um, and what I would do, because I didn't want to burden my wife for constantly being out every night, even though she saw most of the money, but <laughs> um, I used to pay my nephew my godson slash nephew who was probably I don't know 14 years older than my son at the time I used to pay him to come to my games and he would watch my son on the sideline so my point is that literally Oren my son was in the gym from the time he was like a year old constantly with me coming to my games Uh, and then he began to play CYO and the whole thing even before CYO Um, but yeah I mean I didn't have to I suggested that he take the rules uh, course, and he did, and I think he i think he loves doing it. Um, yeah, he I think he can go far also. He, I think he can go very
0: far too, absolutely. As long as it's driven by him, I think he can go as far as he wants to go.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Another question I wanted to ask you is that one other connection that we have is Bernard Bowen Sr. And I know that ever since I met him, he's opened up so many doors for me. He's uh, given me such um, invaluable um, experience from his end that has implemented into, you know, just advice from running the website and some things that um, I might have difficulty in approaching a certain thing where I am in in my career. Um, I just wanted to know what your relationship is to him, um, what he's meant to you and, and how he's helped you and how you
1: helped him okay yeah definitely a, another mentor um bernard was a very good official he was a pro-am official way back you know in the heyday of west fourth street in those tournaments so bernard he, he's been there and then he has the business acumen. you know i guess being in the banking business and what have you he's a very professional guy and very valuable for all of us uh He also, by the way, has become more active in the International Association. He comes to the uh, biannual meetings that we have. He's a member of my membership development committee, along with other committees. So, yeah, he's a a major asset (laughs) for what we do.
0: Hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, I did want to ask you, would would you ever consider um, officiating another sport? And if you would, what would it be? What do you think you'd be good at?
1: I don't know. Well, I guess I think I would be good at a lot of different sports. I mean, I guess you, the the running joke is that when a ref is finished, you know.
0: Volleyball. Yeah, you walk (laughs) up the ladder,
1: do volleyball, whatever. But I I really enjoy being active and moving. Um, I thank God that I still have my legs. You know, I can run. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I guess it would be a, a sport with a clock, though. Mm. It would be a sport with, with a clock. Uh, even soccer, they keep the clock in their pocket, right, the ref? Yes, they do. That's a hell of a situation.
0: <laughs> um, so after saying everything that you've said, what do you think of the attributes? What do you think it took to get to where you are as a basketball official?
1: Well, hey, I, I grew up, you know, I didn't have it easy growing up. Um, that's not a complaint, you know, but it's... You, know, you have ten kids in the house, so that that taught me a lot about toughness right from the beginning. Um, even from like older siblings. I remember being made to fight because, you know, this kid picking on you, picking on you, you know, and your big sister finally says, What are you gonna do? And, you know, took one fight and then the kid stopped bothering me. So, um, it's similar, I mean, I I grew up tough, I mean I wouldn't call myself a street kid because I, I was a church kid, you know, every Sunday. Sunday was church all day. But again, growing up in Bedford-Stuyvesant then, um, and I'd say maybe this is maybe something that is a factor. Even though I lived in Bedford-Stuyvesant, I, I never went to school in the neighborhood. I always went to, got bus to school. So I think it's significant that I was always like in a in an environment where I wasn't the majority let's just (laughs) say so I got used to dealing with you know overall society at an early age you know I think that's that's huge too
0: what do you think are the attributes uh, what do you think it's going to take to get to where you want to go and ultimately where do you want to go in terms of basketball officiating Mm.
1: I don't know I don't I don't See myself being in the assigning game ever. I mean, I give it up to those guys. <laughs> it's a special breed to, to you know, take on, take that on, and be responsible, get the turn back. So I don't think I'll ever be an assigner.
0: Have uh, you ever been approached to be one?
1: You know what? Really, no. Uh, people never really come to me and say, "Hey, I need refs, whatever." I mean, I mean, I, I leave that for the Arnold Saunders, uh, those guys. They they're good like that, you know. Mm. Uh, But exactly what I want to do For now I still want to keep refereeing Keep doing
0: what you're doing And keep doing it effectively Until you're no longer
1: effective That's right That's right I mean I I get a And I'll just go back a little bit Um, Early on In my marriage This marriage My wife used to notice it. sometimes I used to leave the house And she used to say I had my booty on my shoulders I was in a bad mood basically You know and i leave and i go go officiate these games and I came back, I would come back and <laughs> I'd like be in the, like, the best mood. And she dubbed it that I was going to get a fix. I was, you know, when I go out there, I get a fix. <laughs> so that's still how it is right now, you know?
0: How do you foresee the perfect ending for you? On your own terms? You know, sometimes I feel as though some people hang on too long and then their ending is way too long.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, when I can't run, I'm not gonna do this. But I can't run and get in a position to see plays. I'm gonna give it up. You know, I'll just, I'll spend my time mentoring, teaching, you know, training, giving back, you know, in, in those ways.
0: How old do you think you were when you felt you're most effective in terms of physical peak and mental peak of, you know, seeing the game through and through? How many years in do you think?
1: Probably a good twelve years. Yeah. So, like, by, by 2002, and by then I was pretty locked in. I was, was doing college ball already, but I was doing major, major games for the Catholics and PSAL. So yeah, I would say about that long. And you're still working on it, still trying to work. Absolutely, it. absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, the whole communication piece, you know, I think I do it pretty well, but it's constantly, you know, you, you got to learn to disarm people you know bring them down you know when they're yelling you know <laughs> right you know, that's a constant work in progress really you know Cause it's, it's a challenge yeah. you know, calm somebody down when they're like going crazy you know if you think a tech is gonna remedy the situation you do it but I find more and more you know you try to get them to relax you know and then you say stuff like you know hey just imagine me doing this to you right now you wouldn't you would like it or whatever you know you try to keep it short, but you want to listen and, you know, do little things like, hey, you know, come on, you wave waving your hands, you know, it's not going to be effective if you wave your hands and shout me out. Come over and talk to me. Tell me what you see. Tell me what you want me to look at. Uh, uh, I don't know if I said that. Communication goes a long way with being effective.
0: Yeah, and I think your presence, you know, even the compliment that you threw me at the camp when you were telling me how my voice, you know, I use it as a tool because, you know, I'm on the shorter end of officiating. Mm-hmm. I don't really have the, the big, imposing, yeah. I used to play D1 mm-hmm. uh, presence. But, you know, I always want to make sure that, he, and also that we have the similar youthful uh, appearance as well. I always wanted to be taken serious. Mm-hmm. I didn't want them to think that I was a boy on the court, mm-hmm. you know, just kind of floundering and, and figuring it out. I always wanted to at least present the voice of authority to at least let them know that I was proficient in the, uh, the task at hand.
1: Yes, yes. Your voice is very takes you very far. <laughs>
0: yes. Um, if you could pinpoint one situation, what do you think was the most stickiest situation that you've ever been, and describe the scene, if you can?
1: I think a doubt. It was re- refereeing an entertainer's basketball classic. Uh, I don't know what years, but it was like in the heyday when at Rucker Park. At Rucker Park, and I don't know, like every record label had a team. So this particular team, I don't know if it was Bad Boy playing against Fat Joe's. I don't know who was playing. It was a hype game. It was a, maybe a playoff game, quarterfinal, or whatever it might have been. Hotly contested game. Go back and forth. in a lot of fouls, a lot of action. Um, so this, so end of game situation. Uh, I believe Bad Boy, and they had a guard, people who know basketball, Future. Good. He was good with the ball. Tricky with the ball. So they had the ball half court. I don't know how many seconds—seven, eight seconds. We had to run that play three times. First time they didn't start the clock, so the play starts, and then before they realize it, we stop. Ran it again. Fast forward the third time. So now they kind of know what's coming. I guess the defense. Future takes the ball, drives to the hoop. I guess his intent was, I'm going to make the rough. <laughs> You know, blow the whistle. He jumped right at the guy's chest. Boom. I thought it was an easy call. Boom. Charge. And by the time I finished making the charge call, the security guys had me up in there. <laughs> We were running out of the park. Uh, I would say um, shout out to Darryl Perry. <laughs> Daryl, I don't know if Darryl was even on the game, but he was there watching the game there's Daryl running me Daryl a couple of the officials were getting out of here uh, wow uh, game was over and cell phones weren't really that prominent yet so I get home and by the way I call up Leroy Hendricks he was the assigner and of course he already had gotten a phone call he got the story and he told me he says look he says I'm just happy that you blew your whistle he said no call would have been the worst thing ever he says that was a great call but he wasn't there and he says you're going back tomorrow night <laughs> <laughs> was was the tomorrow night a little less sticky no it was just sticky <laughs> but he knew what he was doing because I mean the crowd was it was there the park was back and you know probably a lot of them were there the other night and for them to see me and he told me he said you gotta go back you are going to go back he said for them to see you come right back they're gonna know that you you you're taking it serious and you ain't gonna and it was great advice
0: I'm starting to break in into all those pro-am leagues and all those um outdoor summer leagues in the city um did you always feel calm with with the with that whole atmosphere of the crazy crowds and the DJ walking in between the court and and just doing crazy games like that um you're calm within the uh the chaos
1: yeah cause um especially in a league like that you know they got security um so, You're not know, worried about people running out of the stands, you know, sneaking you or nothing crazy like that. So, yeah, yeah, definitely always felt at ease, calm. You know, I'm a, I'm a hoop junkie, man. Yeah, one you play know, at so a time. There's it. no need to
0: get all crazy about it. you <laughs> going chase me out of it. I love doing what I do. On the flip side, out of everything that you've accomplished um, thus far in your officiating career, what do you think is the best moment that you've ever had? whether it be a game, whether it be a play, whether it be any type of accolade or accomplishment that you've um, accomplished
1: over the years? Hmm. I don't know. I guess a few, like, well, I guess championship games that you, that I've done. I've done the CUNY championship um, probably three times. Um, great environment, great atmosphere. And what's funny about that, um, it's typically, it's been held at the city, um, at CCNY, for the three times I did the game and it's so funny that that night of the game whereas you walk into the gym typically at a city college game it might be 11 or 12 fans there you know so to get there for that I guess I did a, a semifinal once there also and to see the gym capacity standing room only you know it's like a <laughs> like a total different feeling you know um But, yeah, you know, doing maybe the PSAL championship at the Garden a couple times, uh, Catholic championship for them. Uh, Some of the great players I've been fortunate enough to officiate, Kimber Walker, uh, Irvin Walker, that whole Catholic high school crew during that time. Um, So doing a couple of Elite 24 games that they played at the Rucker seeing a lot of those guys pass through. Kevin Love, Michael Beasley, you know, playing as high school kids. Um, so Brandon Jennings. So I guess those would be, like, moments that you relish. You know, you always going to keep with you,
0: mm. you know. Do you think it's a good way that you have a mixture between the Catholic League and the PSAL? Because, you know, Catholic League is always prim and proper. Everything is all very organized, and then sometimes PSAL... Sometimes there's a, a monkey wrench that just comes out of nowhere. Do you feel like both of those sharps sharpens two sides of the same sword?
1: Yeah, I, I, I would agree with that. And Yeah, look, I would say, you know, just from the whole standpoint of just trying to make the situation better. So, yeah, you could probably you could appreciate the whole, you know, like more organization. I mean, I'm not saying the PSL is disorganized by any means. But the resources, you know, they have so many more schools, so many more gyms, and you know, the ads aren't always there, visible. So you know, it's a little different. But again, you want to make it better, no matter what. So you got to deal with those things in the P.S.A. You don't have to deal with the Catholic. The bottom line is to do your best to make it better when you walk away, mm. and you know that'll you know, that'll help even them out, whatever. You know, that's the goal. You know. Um, my relationship really with that whole dynamic because you might hear guys, like, oh. And it really kind of bothers me to hear some guys badmouth the PSAL, you know, to, in order to put the Catholic League up, whatever. Um, I don't agree with that approach. Um, I played for PSAL, I played public school ball. So i was always gonna love that. Um, I kind of came up the ranks as an official. You know, unfortunately the PSAL didn't have freshman and JV ball. Um, definitely, like I know they have some JV ball now, but it wasn't really as easy to move up because you know you didn't really have the vehicle. <laughs> you know, you had to just be ready to start getting involved for the games. Whereas the Catholic League, again, you start out as a freshman ref, you know. And I was fortunate; I moved through pretty good. You know, like maybe after two years, I did the freshman championship, and then I became JV in another two years. Championship and then you move up, you become varsity. So, I probably probably made varsity to PSAL faster than Catholic. However, Catholic, I was able to, you know, by the time I became a varsity official in the Catholic, I, mean, I was known already because you know, you're there, you do the freshman game, so you're seeing you know, the varsity coaches, they're seeing you there. JV game, they wait for their game to start, they see you. So, the whole acceptance piece it's kind of easier because you're moving up you're moving along
0: yeah absolutely so Oren this has been great man that that basically wraps up all the questions that I had if you had any final things that you wanted to say before we part ways
1: no Um, again you know it's up to us as officials to do our part you know to make it better anything you know and it begins at home you gotta work on your stuff Um, there's always a young official watching maybe too you know so it's the small stuff, you know, even in the rec league game, you know, stop the clock, man. Clock is running anyway, so we're, so we're trying to work on our craft. So just get in the habit of throwing and putting your hand up, you know, even though the clock is running, you know. Even though the ball's going and the clock is running, get in the habit of having your hand, chopping the clock in. And this is all training. So training, and, you know, we get compensated for it, you know, and it helps our families with you know, my advice is, you know, you want to reach the highest peak, you know, you want to go as far as you can go. So just keep working. Keep working.
0: Yeah, I personally want to thank you, man. You have inspired me just by some of the kind words that you've had for me, the game that we worked and everything that you have told me thus far. And I look forward to, you know, growing more and doing more games with you and seeing you grow as an official as well.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I want to give you credit, man. This is a, a big, <laughs> big little situation you got here. Um, it's good for a game of basketball. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. For Oren Barfield, this is
0: Ralph the Ref. This is The Rant. We're signing out. Peace.